Abed than all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hiya, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Happy Sunday. Hope you're all doing well. So far, so good with me, of course. Looking at some old artwork of mine, thinking about it. Thinking about NPCs, characters, I've drawn a lot of these little trading cards that I like to hand out. Just, you know, to put a character on it and here, go. And that kind of thing. It's got my name and it's got my email address on there. In case you want more. But I think they're fun. I may, may be doing this. I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it. Anyway. I want to talk about monsters and such and opponents. Have you ever thought of the home field advantage? Either side can have a home field advantage, and we'll talk about that after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Now, what I mean about home field advantage is you're going into a, say your party is going into a dungeon and they've never been there before. That means whoever's there has got the home field advantage, no matter if they've lived there a week or a month or years. And I'm talking about any kind of thing from opponents to critters. Now, and you've got to under you got to figure out, first of all, I don't think you should put a whole lot of thought into this, but if you're going to stock a dungeon, and you've got to have a bit of the history of the dungeon, like what was it, what is it, what's moved in there. And when I say moved in there, I mean how long have they been there? You know, it's it's different, two different things. If you have a, say, a tribe of goblins that have lived there for the last six months versus a group of bandits who just got in there a couple of days ago trying to hide out from the law or get re- ready to plan a heist or whatever. Because no matter what the intelligence of an NPC is, they're going to have some kind of smarts, as in experience smarts. Unless they're, you know, a babe, a newfound babe or some really little kid. They're going to have some kind of, that's why you have wisdom. Wisdom is street smarts. Wisdom is the experience you get living. You get being alive and learning from your mistakes, hopefully. Because I'll tell you the truth, I kind of like, I don't mind characters with high intelligence, but I would like, I like low to average intelligence characters, but a higher wisdom. I mean, yes, that means I play a lot of clerics, but that's not the point. The point is being if you got a character that way, they may be book dumb but street smart. A lot of barbarians are like that. If they have like a high strength constitution wisdom, I think they're perfect for that kind of barbarian lifestyle. So you've got those kind of characters. And if there's a tribal situation 
it's you know it just you got to got to determine that's going to be how that's going to def- determine how they go about their business and what they're planning and how they will defend themselves and i'm not just just talking about individuals i'm talking about as a group i mean everybody knows about the old tucker's kobolds that's why somebody actually managed to do something with that article with kobolds because before that before that kobolds were pretty much cannon fodder but somebody finally finally realized, hey, if they're so small and weak, how come they're so prolific? I mean, they had to have some kind of some kind of innate instinct or smarts, even if it's animal instinct or smarts, to do something. And, you know, it's one of those things where you give them just enough intelligence to give the player characters trouble. Okay, they may not set up the best traps in the world or most thought out, but they sure work. You know, they're the ones that's always like barricading a hallway or doing a deadfall trap. Something simple, but it works. I may even extend that kind of thinking to lower animals like, say, I'm not going to say gorillas and stuff, or bears, tigers, big cats, something like that. You know, you don't have to be a genius to set up a trap or two around your camp to keep people from getting the drop on you. Trap or warning or alarm. I mean, how many times have we seen goblin lairs where they put goblins out there to guard? And you have to make sure if you're in an encounter with them, you got to kill every single one of them, including the guy who's about ready to run down the hall and warn the others. Because, well, you know, if the party doesn't do it right, of course, they're going to be heard. But the, the point is... They can do it in a semi-stealthful way. And you know, there's always magic and things like that. You can whip a silence 10-foot radius on them or something before you go into battle. But then again, the bad guys can do that too. You know, there's a reason why some of these tribes have shamans. This is why they have them. for Mainly for defense. And, you know, if that, that's, the way, that's the way you do it. So you got to think about the whole it, they will use if they're smart. Well, of course they're smart enough. Even a even an average intelligent, average intelligent human uh, goblinoid would try and use the home field advantage. If they're on a slope, if they're in a part of a dungeon where it's a sloping passage, they're going to use that to their advantage. They might put a big boulder on the top and disguise it or something, and then if they hear somebody come down there, they're, that's not them or gives the password or whatever, they'll roll that boulder down there. You know, that kind of thing. So, next time you plan something out, think about who has the home field advantage. Adventurers can have home field advantage. What if they're exploring some kind of tomb that they're familiar with? Maybe they're followers of this certain god whose main, you know, whose greatest champion or greatest... Uh, cleric or whoever, high priest is buried here. They've been here many, many times to to pray and, you know, put tribute or something like that or a shrine to a certain God. They'll know it. So they may have the home field advantage if somebody's breaking in. So that's one thing you got to think about. I mean, it's one thing to have, it's one thing to have a bunch of goblins in the woods jump you. 
It's another thing that if they're in their lair and they're waiting for, they're always looking, not looking for a fight, but they're always anticipating somebody. See, these kind of creatures are always anticipating some something or some animal or something could come along and oust them from where they are. And the White Boar of Kilfay, which is a dungeon adventure, which is very good, by the way. I believe it was second edition adventure. They had trolls there who they would they would know if any of the, like if the PCs flew, there was this river that was very fast moving. They would string nets along certain parts of the river to catch, to catch people so they can have their way with them one way or another, probably eat them. But so they were smart enough to bit and put these nets where you couldn't see them. So you get caught, you get caught by, by trolls. Ingenious stuff. So even 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 a hill giant tribe will figure out some way to defend themselves. That's why they have these big animals too, like dire wolves and things like that. So it's all part of the defense. And so that's just one more thing you got to think about as a game master and as a player. I mean, if you think about it, if you're going down in a dungeon you've never been before, and you've heard rumors there's like creatures down there, aren't you going to take precaution and try and get as much advantage as possible? And you go in knowing that there's critters that may already live there that know this place better than you. So you, the whole group should be on high alert when they go through that dungeon or some underground cave or whatever it is. Anyway, I think you get my point. Anyway, I got to start my day. So if you want to talk to me about this or anything else, oldmangrognar, gmail.com, or you can drop me a voicemail on Anchor. We are monetized, so as little as 99 cents a month, you too can help support this program, and I would thank you. Thanks again, Jonathan, Oliver, Gilbert, Juan Carlos, Daniel, Dan, Benjamin, Jason, and John Allen. Thanks, guys. Don't forget, Dan Gregg's the Young Y-U-N-G, Young Grognard podcast. The Mark C. Wallring Yawning Albert podcast and Big John Allen Larges the Red Dice Diaries. Oh, and Eric Tinkar's Tavern Chat, too. Okay, so until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm and I'll talk to you later. Bye bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Mm-hmm.